0: Well, good morning, Hope Community Church. It is good to see you in the house this morning. We are uh, we're excited about all that God is doing all over the place, online with uh, Hope Online and Berkeley Springs, and right here in Hedgesville. And um, we're just thankful. And I'm thankful that you're a part of that. And uh, and you you are a great church, and there's a great team of people here. And um, if this is your first time here, I want to say welcome. And we're going to talk about something today that I think I think we can all relate to. And um, I'm excited about it. Why don't you stand to your feet? We're going to look at Acts chapter 20. We're going to start in verse 17. We're going to read a good bit of this today. This is a little section of Paul saying goodbye to a church that he loved. So we're going to start in Acts chapter 20. Say amen if you're ready. And teaching you in public from house to house, testifying both the Jews and the Greeks of the repentance towards God and a faith in our Lord Jesus Christ. And now, behold, I'm going to Jerusalem, constrained by the Spirit, not knowing what will happen to me there. Except that the Holy Spirit testifies to me in every city that imprisonment and afflictions await me. But I do not account... My life of any value, nor is precious to myself. If only I may finish my course and the ministry that I received from the Lord Jesus to testify to the gospel of the grace of God. And now behold, I know that none of you among whom I have gone about proclaiming the kingdom will see my face again. Therefore, I testify to you this day that I'm innocent of the blood of all, for I do not shrink from declaring to you the whole counsel of God. Pay careful attention to yourselves and to all the flock in which the Holy Spirit has made you overseers to care for the church of God which he obtained with his own blood. I know that after my departure fierce wolves will come in among you not sparing the flock and from among you your own cells will arise men speaking twisted things to draw away the disciples after them. Therefore be alert remembering for 3 years I did not cease night or day to admonish everyone with tears. And now I commend you to God and to the whole word of his grace, which is able to build you up and to give you the inheritance among all those who are sanctified. I coveted no one's silver or gold or apparel. You yourselves know that these hands ministered to my necessities and to those who are with me. In all things, I have shown you that by hard, by working hard in this way, we must help the weak and remember the words of the Lord Jesus. How he himself said is more blessed To give than receive. And when he had said these things, he knelt down and prayed with all of them, and there was much weeping on the part of all. They embraced Paul and kissed him, being sorrowful most of all because of the word he had spoken that they would not see his face again. And they accompanied him to the ship. Let's pray. Father, we thank you so much. Lord, we thank you for your goodness. We thank you, God, that we can come together like this and be in your presence and be better for it, be more like you. Transform us today, God. Bury this word deep into us so we don't forget it. Transform the way we think and in turn transform what we do. We give you all the praise and the honor and the glory because it's yours. You're the only one that deserves it. And it's your your great name we pray. And everyone said, amen. You may... Be seated. Acts chapter 20 is the closest thing we have in Acts to one of Paul's letters to the church. So Paul in his missionary journey started all kinds of churches and then he, and then in the New Testament we have the recording, the recordings of him writing to those churches and instructing them. There's not a whole lot of that in Acts. Luke, the doctor, is writing Acts as a, as a, as a historical reference of what happened in the early church. But in Acts chapter 20, it seems to flow like, like one of Paul's letters to a church, whether it's to the Corinthian church or the church in Ephesus. In Acts chapter 20, it has that feel. Paul is talking directly to the church and Luke is recording it. We find out that Paul is, uh, is passing by Ephesus, but he's reluctant to go there, probably because goodbyes are pretty difficult. Doesn't matter, goodbyes are always awful, especially if you know it's going to be the last goodbye. And so Paul chooses to stay stay a little bit away from Ephesus, about a three days journey, and and he calls the elders of the church to him. It takes him about three days to get there, so Paul's had a little bit of time to think about what he's going to say to him. He's pretty confident this will be the last time he lays eyes on a church that he had invested so much of his life into. Now, that church wasn't without problems. We know from what Luke records in Acts that Paul himself records, tells the elders, you know the problems I had when it came to the Jews there in Ephesus. Paul had some opposition about about grace opposition about the way you come to Christ and and it's likely that the Jews in Ephesus decided that if you're going to follow Christ you got to be a fully developed uh Jew you have to have you have to a fully developed Judaism then the trans trans uh, transition into um Christianity well that was that's not the gospel Can you imagine inviting people to church 40 year old men who aren't Jewish And all of a sudden tell them Hey if you're going to be a part of us You've got to be circumcised I mean, I don't know if I'd sign up for that group at 40 So So Paul is having some Had had some conflict there In Ephesus And he brings that up Now Now he's getting ready to say goodbye And he's warning them that the um, that the conflicts aren't going to be over. He's saying you got to be careful, and you also have to realize that there may be some people in your midst right now that that could rise up and preach something different. So I want to talk about the idea of faithfulness and success because i I think they're I think they're two different things. To be honest with you. I think sometimes we we kind of muddy the water and we, and we put them together. But I, I know in today's society, everybody wants to be successful. You want to, we want to have the the best job we can get. We want to have the, the the best looking family. We want to we want to look successful. You flip through Instagram or Facebook, nobody's posting pictures of failure. It's all success. But I want to caution you because. Because faithfulness doesn't always look like success. And to me, I think success doesn't always look like faithfulness. So we're going to dig into that. Because Paul was faithful. But I propose to you this morning that what he just, what we just read in Acts chapter 20 does not look like success. So we're going to dig into this. I want to read to you one more time what what Paul, just a section of what he Said there, you yourselves know how I lived among you the whole time from the first day that I said, for the Asia serving the Lord with all humility and tears and with trials that happened to me through the plots of the Jews, how I did not shrink from declaring to you anything that was profitable and teaching you in public and from house to house, testifying to both Jews and Greeks of repentance towards God and faith in our Lord Jesus Christ. And then it says, he then encouraged the elders to be faithful in the calling God has placed on them to lead the church. You notice there was no mention of be successful. The word was faithful in the calling. So I think we need to start with this. I think we need to start about like how we measure, how we measure both of those things. Faithfulness and success. How we, how we, cause I don't think you can use the same tool to measure both of those. I don't think you can use the same tool that you measure faithfulness with to necessarily measure success with. Like if you're going to measure a piece of paper you may take out a ruler if you're going to measure a football field you'd use something else It wouldn't be right to try to measure to by, try to measure a mile with a with a ruler that's only a foot long you'd use another tool to measure that So so oftentimes what happens in our lives is we use the wrong tool to measure something and then we get the wrong we we get the the results aren't real clear. So let, let me let me paint it like this. I, I know it's I know it's early. We haven't been talking very long this morning, so I don't want to be uh, I want to be careful. But I, I've known I've known um, I've known marriages that look successful but weren't faithful. Yeah, don't don't look around. Don't look around. Um, I've known families that look successful but weren't faithful. Yeah. Matter of fact, I've known, I've known people in business that look successful, but weren't faithful. You say, well, how do you... Because success can oftentimes be a look. Success can oftentimes be a result of a bunch of things that have nothing to do with faithfulness. Because society measures success one way, and God measures faithfulness a totally different way. So, So faithfulness... Can, can be present and not look successful and success can be there and not be faithful by any stretch of the imagination. So now we've got a problem. The problem is we live in a society that defines everything by the rate of success. How's your investments doing? How's your job doing? Did you get a bigger house? Did you get a nicer car? Did you, did you get the latest iPhone? Did you get whatever it is? We, we're always measuring it by how much success we've attained. I want to post to you that Paul spent years at this church, years at this church, pouring into people, pouring into, he said, I was faithful to go from house to house teaching you. He's faithful going house to house teaching them, even in public teaching Jews and Greeks. He said, I'll teach, I will teach everybody. I will teach everybody all the time over and over and over and over and over again. He was faithful to the call of God in his life. And yet at the end, he is, he is warning them that there are still people in opposition. I don't know if you could call that success or not. I don't know, in, in today's modern standard about what success looks like, I don't know, I don't know that you could, I don't know that you could label that. says, well, Paul, you still have opposition in a church that you started? There's people still coming against you after all those years of teaching? It doesn't seem like it even took hold. So now we have a problem where there was a person being immensely faithful, but it doesn't look successful. Listen to what Paul says. Serving the Lord with all humility, with tears and trials that happened to me through the plots of the Jews. How I did not shrink from declaring to you anything that was profitable. And teaching you in public. From house to house, testifying to both Jews and Greeks of the repentance towards God, of faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. And then he goes on to say And now behold, I'm going to Jerusalem, constrained by the spirit, not knowing what will happen to me there, except that the Holy Spirit testifies to me in every city that imprisonment and afflictions await me. Then if you skip down to verse 29, I know that after my departure, fierce wolves will come in among you, not sparing the flock. And from among your own selves will arise men speaking twisted things to draw away the disciples after them. Therefore be alert, remembering that for three years I did not cease night or day to admonish everyone with tears. Now, if I said to you, okay, you're going to start a business. Here, here's here's a, We're going to start a franchise. How about that? We'll start a franchise. Anybody, anybody excited about it? I haven't told you what it is yet, but we'll start one. But I need to let you know, this, this franchise is so successful. I mean, I mean, it's successful. And, uh, but the, but the orientation, I'd like you to, um, I'd like you to, I'd like you to come to the orientation. The orientation, I'm going to tell you, uh, all the ideas about success. Okay. So step one, step one, um, you're going to have to work really, really, really hard. I mean, day and night, day and night. Day and night. And you're gonna have to teach the same things over and over and over and over again. Day and night. To the same people. Day and night. Over and over and over. Man, sounds fun. Doesn't it? Sounds a little bit like raising kids or being married. But anyway. (laughs) What happens is then it's gonna cause you to cry a lot. How about that? Oh, doesn't it sound? Are you? Yeah. Yeah, so, so in order to be successful in this business, you're gonna have to work day and night. Through tears, telling the same people over and over again, the same thing. Yeah. And to top it all off, at the end of the day, what's going to happen is once you've reached the pinnacle of success and you're ready to turn the whole thing loose, it there's going to be people inside the organization try to sabotage it. Oh, man. So for a, for a minimal fee, let's say $50,000, you can sign up for this franchise. Doesn't that sound like an amazing amount of success to you? I'll give you my email and at the end of the service, just send me a little email and we'll get all of you signed up and we'll just start these things all over the, all over the country. How about that? We can call it the, the hard work tears. Franchise. <laughs> Paul's writing something that sounds awful to be involved in. We just be honest with each other. In our modern day version of success, none of that sounds exciting. None of that sounds like anything any of us would want to sign up for. None of it sounds like, sounds like, hey, we could, we could, we could spread this all over the planet. The problem was Paul wasn't, Paul's end game wasn't to look successful. Paul's end game was to be faithful. And so he couldn't use the same tool to measure both of them, or he would have left Ephesus feeling like a complete failure. He would have left Ephesus. He, matter of fact, if Paul used the same tool to measure faithfulness as success, he would have never called the elders to him. Why would I call a bunch of elders, leaders of the church that I didn't even, that there was, that really didn't measure, look like success. Why would I call them to me just to reinforce it? Paul was using a different measuring stick. Because faithfulness doesn't look like success all the time. And success doesn't necessarily mean you are faithful. So Paul's spelling this out to them. Look, I'm not painting you a picture of great success. I'm painting you a picture of great faithfulness great faithfulness i'm 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 painting you a picture of how to of how to keep at it over and over and be faithful he said i did not cease day or night to admonish everyone with tears so let me ask you this what are you using to measure are you measuring just success or are you measuring faithfulness we talked about this a couple of weeks ago the greatest commandment, Matthew chapter 22, verse 37, you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, and mind. And, the, and this is the greatest and first commandment. And the second is like it, you shall love the na- your neighbor as yourself. On these two commands, depend all the law and the prophets. If you use the wrong tape, extremely faithful could end up feeling like failure. It would have been easy to assume that he had spent a massive amount of time and emotional energy to teach the church in Ephesus a proper foundation of the gospel. Only to have it consistently challenged when he was with them and even in his absence. So I need, I need you to understand this. God is measuring faithfulness by how we treat other people. God is measuring faithfulness by how we respond to what he's called us to do. God is measuring faithfulness. By things that he values. Success is measured by what we value. Yeah. So what happens is, Paul is counted faithful, not because he looked successful to people, but because he was obedient to God. So Paul puts blood, sweat, and tears into Ephesus only to have people turn on him, only to have to warn them that other people, even people in their own midst were going to turn on the gospel that he had preached to them. Doesn't look successful. But it does look faithful. And so, so we read Matthew, what Jesus and Matthew said, listen, listen, the measure, the measure is how you love God and how you love other people. The measure Is how you treat people. The measure is what you do with what God's called you to do. The measure, the measurement is, is God called Paul to Ephesus and it was difficult and it was hard and it was work and it didn't look like success, but he kept at it. And that is the measuring stick that God uses with every single one of us. So when we wake up in the morning and the marriage doesn't look successful, we can still cling on to the fact that we have been faithful. Let me say it like this. You ever woke up one day and wondered if your kids were going to be successful? You know what? God is looking for parents who will stay faithful even when their kids don't look successful. Oh, come on. Come on. Come on, the issue is so many of us have been enamored by success, by what it looks like, by the trappings of it, that when that when one of our kids goes a little sideways, we go, wow, oh, it's not successful anymore, and we give up. When God is saying, don't give up on them, it's time to be faithful to them. Somebody slips up in your family when somebody, when a friend messes up, when a, when something goes sideways and it's, we're so tempted because our lives are, don't look like an Instagram reel. When, when, when it doesn't look like something that everybody would cheer for, we think, oh, wow, well, we just give up on it and start over because, because it doesn't look successful. This isn't, this isn't a little business that we could just toss off anytime we want. We can't just file bankruptcy on it. It's our lives. So if you're using the wrong tape measure, you're going to be real apt to quit. Paul told the elders of Ephesus, hey, come out and see me. I need to tell you something. He didn't give him a long list of successes. He didn't say, you know how many people we've reached in the last three years? Do you know how many baptisms we did? Do you know how many? He didn't give a list. What he did give was how faithful he had been to the calling of God there. And what he challenged them with was not how many new people they could reach, but how faithful to the gospel they would be in the midst of the same opposition. Oh, come on. He didn't say, reach for the stars. You can be the biggest church around. You can, you can have the best business. No, he said, when when opposition comes your way, what are you going to do? I've shown you the model, be faithful no matter what. Now you guys lean in and be faithful. Opposition's coming, be faithful. It's not gonna be easy, be faithful. Be faithful. Be faithful. Be faithful. Let me say this, the amount of difficulty in your life is not a lag measure of faithfulness, but it's a new, it, it's not, it's not, you don't look at how much difficulty you've had and then say, well that's not faithful. Faithfulness is an opportunity. Difficulty is an opportunity to be faithful. It's not evidence that you weren't. Come on, I'm gonna say that again. Every difficulty in your life right now is an opportunity to be faithful. Paul said, in the midst of that opposition, I didn't cease day or night, even through tears, to tell you what was right. So every. Every ounce of opposition, every ounce of difficulty is not a sign that you're not successful. It's an opportunity for you to be faithful. So think about where you are, where you are right now. Think about your job. Think about your marriage. Think about your kids. Think about, think about your lifestyle. And, and we, and we say, God, why is all this opposition coming? why 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 is the difficulty and we and we, and we struggle with this like i just want to be successful and the god of all the universe is leaning down whispering just be faithful just be faithful just be faithful when there's an opportunity to cheat be faithful when there's an opportunity to lie be faithful when there's an opportunity to get back at some no be faithful when there's an opportunity for vent be faithful He never called us to be successful. But the Holy Spirit begs us to be faithful. Paul was successful in his preaching. Paul was faithful in his preaching, which in turn caused people to resist him. uh, let, let 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 me rephrase that. You could say Paul was successful in his preaching which caused people to be in opposition to him, which then gave him an opportunity to be faithful. <laughs> you know what the sneaky little secret about success is? It will bring opposition. Success, even in the world's eyes, success always brings stuff to people that they don't expect. And if they weren't faithful before, they'll have trouble being faithful in the moment, so he, here's how this works out. Come on, you you you've seen all the stories. Somebody has some talent and does something, and and they start getting recognition. It starts looking like success, and everybody wants to know how they do it. And they're just like, oh, it's just a rocket ship, and everything's great. And look at them, the, all of this, and they can get anything they want, do anything they want. And then all of a sudden, a little bit of opposition comes up against them. But because they had never practiced being faithful, only successful. They end up crumbling. Come on, pick a name out of the last 20 years. There's a, there's an encyclopedia full of people who never learned how to be faithful. And so when the world deemed them successful, the next thing is opposition. The next thing is opposition. If you think you're going to be super successful and everybody around you is always just going to be like, Oh man, you're so great. We just love you all the time. That is not how it happens. Success brings opposition. The more Paul preached, the more people there were to disagree with. The more he presented the gospel, the more there were people to oppose it. And in those moments, it wasn't whether Paul was going to be worried about whether he was going to be deemed as successful. There every single one of those moments were moments where he could lean in and be faithful to the call of God on his life. Can I tell you a little secret? The more successful you are at work, the more opportunity there, there is for Opposition. The more opportunity there are for difficulties in other areas of your life, the more successful you are in one thing can give rise to opposition and something else. And it always gives you the opportunity to decide whether you're going to be faithful in that moment or not. Paul told the church, the elders in Ephesus, man, you have to be faithful. You can't give this up. But I want you to realize this. The most faithful times in your life may never look like success. The most faithful times in your life may never look like success. Paul seems to be walking right into a trap. Into a situation that would forever keep him from the churches he loved. Did you? Do you remember what he said? He said, therefore I testify to you this day that I am innocent of the blood of all. For I do not shrink back from declaring to you the whole counsel of God. He said, I taught you everything. I taught you everything. From the beginning. But then he goes on to tell them that I don't think I'm coming back. He said he said that he was going away and that he wouldn't see it anymore. And then they started weeping, not because he was telling them to stay faithful, because they realized he's not coming back. He's not coming back. Faithfulness to the call of God on Paul's life meant that he was leaving. It looked like he was walking straight into a trap. It didn't look like it was going to be a successful move at all. You know what I've had to get over in my life? Worrying about if what God had called me to do was going to look successful or not. Oh, man. I'm going to tell you something. For a personality like mine, that's a big deal. I do not like Losing. I don't like failing. I don't like it to even look like I lost or failed. I don't I don't like it to look like I didn't figure it out, didn't make it work, didn't didn't find some semblance of success somewhere in the process. I don't like I don't like that feeling and and it always tugs at you to to try to to make it work. and And then there's some things that God calls you to that no matter how many tears, no matter how much work, no matter day or night you wake up and it never looks successful. But man, have you been faithful. Have you been faithful? Come on. Look at your neighbor and say, it may never add up to success, but God is counting faithfulness today. Amen. Paul is telling them, look, I'm, I'm, this is the last time I'm leaving. God is calling me over there and there's, it's not going to end up well. Not on this earth. It doesn't look like it's going to pan out. The worst times in your marriage will not look like success. The most difficult times in your kids may never look like success. The, the most difficult times at your work or your business may not look like success. But in every one of those instances, God is saying, it's a moment for you to be faithful. It's a moment. It's a, it's a time in your life where faithfulness can rise up and you can, you can be the person God has called you to be. It may never look successful. We have to ask ourselves a question this morning. What am I measuring? At the end of the day, what do I want to be called? Do I want to be called successful or faithful? Because you may be in a circumstance this morning, no matter how many tears you shed, you can't change it. I've been there. No matter how hard you work, it doesn't get any better. It's just a difficult season in your life. But the God of all creation, thanks be to God that he's not expecting me to be successful in the eyes of everybody else. He's just called me to be faithful to him. To do what's right when it's right. To do, to do what's right to the people in front of me. To love people the way he's called me to love them. To, to love him the way he's called me to love him. And to be who he's called me to be. Whether anybody else thinks that's success or not. So what are you doing over there? I'm just, I'm just trying to do what God called me to do. Doesn't look very successful. I'm getting to a place in my life where I'm saying, well I didn't ask. If I'm called to be here, I'm called to be here. If I'm called, if I'm called to be married to, to my woman, I'm called to be married to my woman. I don't care whether it looks like success or not. I don't care whether how difficult it gets. It, faithfulness is not determined by the circumstances around faithfulness is in spite of the circumstances around me so paul says listen all all listen all this stuff i i i worked as hard as i could he said I, I supplied with my own hands all this stuff and there was opposition and and there was <laughs> there's still going to be opposition and yet we're faithful and yet the church in Ephesus is faithful. Faithfulness may never look like success. 1 Corinthians 4, verse 1. Then This then is how you ought to regard us as servants of Christ. And as those entrusted with the mysteries God has revealed, now it is required that those who have been given a trust must prove faithful. That's Paul writing to the church in Corinth. He didn't say must prove successful. He said must prove faithful. Must prove faithful. So here we are. Paul, Paul is at the end of his public, end of his ministry career. He's meeting with the elders of the church at Ephesus and he's saying, look, this is what I poured into you. I don't know if it can be looked at as success, but it was definitely faithfulness. Now, I want, I want to tell you something that all of us are tempted to do at these stages in our lives. We're tempted to make a trade. We're tempted to make a trade for something easy. We're tempted to take, take the shortcut, tempted to trade a situation where we could be faithful for an easy win, for an easy success. We're tempted to make the trade. I want to encourage you this more, don't ever make the trade. Don't ever, look at your neighbor and say, don't ever make the trade. Don't ever make the trade. Matthew chapter 25 verse 23, Jesus tells a story of the parable of the talents. And at the end, he says, well done good and come on, you read it up there. Well done good and faithful servant. You have been faithful over a little. Ha ha ha. If I could get this through our heads this morning, I will will have accomplished all that I want to. It's in the little things that nobody deems as success. If we're willing to make the trade in those little things, if we're willing to make the trade about what we look at, about what we about how we treat people, about about whether we're going to tell the truth. In the little things. Jesus said, Well done, thou good and faithful. He didn't say successful. He said faithful because why? He said you were faithful in a little. In a little. In a little. In a little. You are faithful in a little bit. You know what the problem is with our society? We deem people successful and give them a lot before they have been found faithful over a little. They make the trade for instant success. And here's the problem. Everybody pays the penalty for it. You realize that, don't you? We prop people up as successful and we say, man, look at that. That's who we all want to be like. That's who we all want to be like. But the parable Jesus is teaching says, you are faithful over little and now you get elevated. Now you get elevated. How do I, how do I become faithful? You start out with a little bit and can you, can you handle that relationship? Can you be honest? Can you be trustworthy? Can you, can, can you be, can you show up on time? Can you love people like you should? Can you stay faithful when it gets difficult? Can you handle this little trouble over here? Can you handle this disagreement over here? Can you handle this conflict? Can you do this in a hard time? Can you do this when it doesn't look right? Can you still do the right thing? Can you do all these things with a little bit? Just a little You've been faithful over a little Now I will make you ruler over much I want to encourage you this morning church Don't ever make the trade Learn how to be faithful first Matthew chapter 16 verse 26 For what does it profit a man If he gains the whole world And forfeits his soul If you rocket ship to success But never learn how to be faithful end of the day, it doesn't matter how much you can store up if you can't be faithful to the people around you. At the end of the day, it doesn't matter how much you can store up if you can't be faithful to your kids and your spouse. It doesn't matter how much you can accumulate if faithfulness doesn't precede it. You know what I found out? The band's going to come up. We're going to end with this. Success is just an aphrodisiac for more success. (laughs) I have, I have been able to see some success in different areas of my life. And you know what I found out? I sat in front of somebody the other day, a friend of mine, and I was asking them, they're successful In, in, in the world's eyes. They're very successful. Now this person happens to also be faithful. Because I don't ask questions of only successful people. I want to know that they were faithful first before I waste my time asking them a question. Come on, somebody say amen. So I was having lunch with this person. I said, I said, after you've become successful like you have, has it changed you? Has it changed anything? And he said, I'm still the same person. It really Isn't that satisfactory? It's, it's not, it's not you get to a certain point and you're, and you're like, ah, I've arrived. And the problem is Satan has tricked us, tricked us so well to think that, well, if you will just, if you will just make the trade and just, just make the, just, you don't have to be as faithful here because you can be successful. And success, man, if you're just a little more successful, if you're just a little more prosperous, if you're, if you're just a little more. And what happens is you get to that stage only to realize that all it is is enough of the drug to entice you to go to the next part. Over and over and over. It's it an endless cycle. That's why no matter how much we get on this planet, we are never satisfied. It's just an aphrodisiac for more. So the things that my friend talked about, my friend talked about, was being faithful more than successful. At the end of the day, success doesn't turn you into a better person. Success doesn't, success doesn't, it just doesn't complete anything. But if at the end of the day, I can look, I can look at the people that love me the most, and I can say, I was faithful to you. Paul pulled those, those elders out of Ephesus and said, come see me. Come see me. I need, I need to say goodbye. I'm not great at this, but I need to say goodbye to you. And when they got there, he said, here's what I want to leave you with. I was faithful. I was faithful. Through the whole thing, I just want to remind you that I was faithful to you to do what God had called me to do for you. I was faithful to that. And here's what I want to leave you with. I want you to be faithful to the people you're leading. That was his message. Had nothing to do with success. had everything to do with faithfulness. Come on, stand to your feet. There's no real satisfaction in success. It's hollow, unfulfilling, and temporary. It can be wiped away with a swing of a market or another person's bad decision. You can be super successful in the stock market and the whole thing collapses. And what are you left with? Have a turn in the economy and your business go under to no fault of your own. Here's what nobody can take away from you. Faithfulness cannot be diminished. Faithfulness cannot be saturated. Faithfulness cannot be taken away. It's who you are and what you've done. And at the end of the day, when all success is stripped away, all we're left with is whether we were faithful or not. So I want to encourage you this morning, church. Come on. I want to encourage you that you can walk out of this room this morning more determined, more full of the Holy Spirit to be the person God has called you to be, the people, treat the people you love the most and who love you the most the way God has called you to treat them, to be faithful. And if success comes, thank God for it. But in the, but it, at right now in this moment, make up your mind. I'm not making the trade. I don't care what it looks like. I don't care what it looks like. I don't care what it seems like. I'm not making the trade. I am determined to be faithful all the way to the end. And when Paul took his last look at those men and said, hey, listen, I'm not coming back. I'm going to leave you with this. I was faithful. And you be the same way. That burned into their minds. Okay, he's leaving us faithful. And through tears, we are determining right in front of him today that we will continue that legacy of faithfulness. is the gospel of success all the time. But that success is not our responsibility. All our responsibility is, is to be faithful. Father, we thank you so much this morning. God, your spirit is here to deal with us. Lord, we pray that you'd empower us to be faithful. God, and you'd handle every result. God, we want to be faithful in your eyes. At the end of the day, we want your satisfaction over us to be about faithfulness. Lord, we want to hear those words. Well done, thou good and faithful servant. We thank you for it. We honor you. And we give you praise in Christ's name. Come on, give him praise this morning.